0: All right, Rowan, we're back, and uh, you know, I'm gonna try something. I got this, like this new thing: no intro. Everyone knows they're listening to Demystifying MTVB, brought to, brought to you by Break Ace. Right? Okay. Everyone knows that. Ace, whatever we call it. So I want to get straight into the meat and potatoes, and we're gonna talk about jumping today, because you've been teaching jumping, and I've noticed some things about jumping after watching Crankworks. So, jumping. Everyone
1: loves jumping. Everyone wishes they could fly, regardless <laughs> of. <laughs> how well they actually do
0: do you think that's it like dreaming of flying is that why jumping feels so cool
1: yeah i guess so that makes sense freedom you get while you're jumping but i think it's also that thing the very first time you see a jump and you're like yeah i want to do that and very quickly you discover that it's a struggle most people just want to conquer that because it looks
0: so cool it, it does look extremely cool. I don't actually put myself in the category of wanting to conquer huge jumps. I guess because maybe I've hurt myself on jumps before.
1: No, it's meaning more like when you first start riding. Yeah, 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 jump. yeah. Well, like. it's, a, it's so appealing. Like you see it and
0: like you, uh, someone's flying and they're doing like really cool things in the air, like moving the bike sideways and things. I guess. Um, yeah. So there's a there's something I want to mention about what I've done but uh, there's actually first off some housekeeping. We have the uh, gentleman's agreement for this podcast. So if you listen to this podcast, you either need to have a break or you need to subscribe to a break Ace on uh, wherever you get your podcasts or share it with a friend. I can't actually, we need to like firm up what the gentleman's agreement is, but we're doing this. We're taking time out of our day to do this. So uh, yeah. Yeah. If you get something out, out of this,
1: don't be selfish. Share it with your mates.
0: <laughs> Straight to it. Yeah. So a uh, big, big thing we did this week, though, is we launched uh, the new PF2 sensors that we've been working on whoop, whoop. for a very long time. So it's officially launched. There's was a big buildup to that launch. Yeah. And now people can place pre-orders, which is awesome. So we have pre-orders rolling through. And crank works. Yeah, a bunch of people burned. out there already on the list. Yeah. Well, I was just calibrating a bunch of sensors to send out so i sent out 10 pairs last week i'll send out another 10 pairs this week so it's pretty exciting and uh we had i guess we shouldn't say too much about it but crankworks has just been and we had break ace on a bike in the whip offs and hopefully we'll be able to show photos of that soon probably by the time this podcast comes out actually there'll be photos of that rider doing sick whips
1: with break ace on his bike so break ace and some other things on there
0: yeah some other cool bits so very exciting but at crankworks they have this first off they have the downhill which has massive jumps and even look bruni was casing every single one so they're sizable and he won and he cased every single jump but then there's also the air dh at crankworks which is in over at skyline which we rode that on mr black which is maybe not too hard of a trail but you know there's some some decent challenges
1: there's some good a b splits where as you're coming down the first time you, you hesitate a little it's one you want to know because i think a lot of
0: people get hurt on that one because they they're like yeah i can just send all these jumps and go max speed
1: and maybe they're not totally prepared for what to do when they get thrown into the air yeah but i gotta say after doing that trail it was one i had to do another time and then another time and then i think we ran out of uplifts and that was very funny <laughs> yeah. <good morning. laughs> yeah it's pretty cool on the gondola you're up there and like a couple of minutes it's pretty amazing yeah oh i miss that anyone who has an actual bike park with a gondola or a chairlift enjoy it i don't yeah. get that experience i need to utilize that
0: a little bit more often i can basically see it out my window but it's a little bit further than the trails that are right like two minutes out the door so i don't really go there that often <laughs> so but you've been teaching jumps
1: I, mean, and... jumps I did a jump clinic yesterday
0: yeah so I mean i can imagine like everyone wants to do it but is is everyone prepared to be able to do jumps like how do you see it
1: yes so a lot of people a lot of coaching certifications a lot of coaches will consider jumping an advanced feature for advanced riders and it's true there's a lot going on to make jumping happen correctly you need a lot of the base skills however like i said everyone sees a jump on their first couple of rides and wants to give it a go whether that jump is just a little bump or a tabletop, or maybe it's even a little gap jump and you really think you want to try that and you give it a go. And sometimes it works well and sometimes it doesn't. But almost everyone who jumps on a mountain bike is going to give jumping a go. So I consider it something that beginners should be learning as well. Start building up how to survive on a trail, regardless of how well you're jumping because of the limited skill set you have. But you still got to get down that trail. And if there's jumps on it, you've got to get through those jumps.
0: Yeah. You know, um, an interesting thing that we found, and this was a few years ago when we were using the old, old brake sensors and we took my friend down who, I, I guess we describe him as a beginner and we went down this like kind of jump trail. It was pretty basic jumps and they were all tabletops, things like that, but he didn't have jump skills. So when we processed the data, and found his key opportunities, all his key opportunities were breaking hard ahead of a jump, right? So he was going, like, pretty fast, and then, oh, no, I see a jump coming. So instead of, because he didn't have the skill to be able to actually jump it, what he did is he slowed down enough so that he could roll it, roll that tabletop, and that's what showed up as his key opportunities. I thought that was really interesting because, obviously, that's what we – we try to do with break it that's what break ace does right is it identifies the low hanging fruit for you to improve the way you ride and for him it's not not about breaking it's about look if you want to be faster and ride in more control ride with more flow you got to learn how to jump so he actually did that and he focused a lot of time on learning how to jump and then he had new key opportunities and they ended up being like big big turns and things like that
1: I say, and that's not surprising at all I'm sure there's many people out there who know that feeling of coming up to something jumps is one thing maybe it's a steep rocky chute maybe it's drops where the landing is really close to the takeoff and you just come up to it and you're like riding and you just your reaction to ride that well is to slow down and that might be totally legitimate in that you would never want to tackle that feature at full speed even at pro level however in most cases you could adapt your riding for the speed without having to get on the brakes if you had that bit more skill, bit more bike control, but also that knowledge, that feeling of what happens to the bike when you get on the brakes. And so, getting on the brakes hard before a jump, okay, you can now roll it, but you've now lost a lot of control in that you don't have the traction. If you want to turn, you're now using your tires to slow down instead of turning. You're now compressing the suspension. Even if you've got it fully rigid, your suspension is what's in the tires and then your arms and your legs. They're all stiffening up, which is not really what you want as you ride into the lip of a jump. So totally understandable that a key opportunity would be some feature, in this case, jumps. So what can you do about it? Yeah, well, you
0: were saying how you had a a jumps clinic and it's a three-hour clinic. And for the first
1: like two and a half hours, you didn't even focus on jumps. what was going on there we didn't ride jumps okay okay building up to jumps uh yeah and that's i'd say a bit of a record for me normally we would go a couple of hours you know one and a half to two and a half hours of a three hour session before we touch a jump Um, and that's because i would say there's two parts to correctly or efficiently or in control riding a jump the first part's the technique of how to ride a jump but the main part which is probably 80% of riding jumps is confidence and commitment. If you know exactly how to ride a jump, but you come in a little faster or the jump's a little bigger or a bit steeper and you don't have that confidence and commitment, it's probably gonna go badly. Mm -hmm. And so you can't really build up trust of riding at a jump when you don't have the confidence. And so just going and sessioning a jump over and over and over again will make things get better because it'll start to feel more normal. But we can really amplify how quickly we can get our confidence and commitment up by taking out the bit that scares you, which is riding at the jump. And so, yeah, with our jumping control clinics, we spend a lot of time just slowly iterating, building up the technique that you apply on a jump and understanding of why you do things before we add the jump in. So by the time we get to the jump, the body and the mind are programmed on what to do. And we find that that makes a massive improvement. That's not saying that at the end of this three hour session, you'll be an ace on the jumps. It's that by the end of this three hour session, your mind and body is programmed in what to do. That now when you go and spend hours, days, months, sessioning jumps, you're doing it in a way that will allow you to progress.
0: What, what kind of things do you think we're programmed to do when we don't do jumps? Like what
1: are the kind of basic, maybe would you call it pitfalls maybe? Or. Oh just... yeah. I think cause yeah, natural human instinct is to try and protect yourself from the dangerous thing. And this is a pretty standard part of riding a mountain bike is canceling out the fact that the mind knows the body should not be hurtling down a trail on a couple of wheels over rocks, jumps, roots round berms on the edge of cliffs like it's a pretty good thing if your mind is telling you not to do that It's like millions of years of evolution like I, like i told you not to do that yeah well if you can think back to riding a mountain bike like 20 years ago absolutely evolution's telling you not to do that <laughs> however things have advanced you can now get down a mountain in a lot more control on a mountain bike than on your own two feet and so one of the big things we see in regards to that I say instinct is locking up arms and legs just to sort of try and protect yourself, almost like embracing mm-hmm. bracing into the lip. Is that what you mean? Like- yeah. Into the lip, but also in the air. So obviously the dead sailor mm-hmm. is a pretty standard term you might hear around people jumping. And so that's when you get into the air and you just do absolutely nothing. <laughs> Yeah, so this is an interesting thing, because
0: not only does it like look kind of lame to do nothing in the air, but also it's
1: probably better to do at least something, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, and so for our jump clinics, they say we do three hours, we have a three-hour prerequisite clinic that almost all of our other sessions grow on. No matter how experienced you are, we make pretty much everyone have to do this base clinic. We've got sort of more of an entry level that is a bit more knowledge bike setup, up, um, just general body position. But this base clinic really covers the how to ride a mountain bike. And part of that is really working on bike body separation in every axis, because if you can have the bike moving under you or you can move over the bike and not have them stuck together, then that means what the trail is doing to the bike it's not directly doing to you and that's where if we have a dead sailor we are at one with the bike (laughs) not in a good way where we feel that we can just float down the trail on the bike in a way of we are welded to that bike and whatever happens to the bike is happening to us
0: Right. So if you're not kind of in a way moving the bike or being at least kind of limber in the air, maybe in layman's terms, then you're just kind of one solid piece that is at at the mercy of the wind, basically. Yep. At the the mercy of that lip and that landing. Yeah. Okay. So so are there things that you can do before you get to uh, the actual jumping where you can teach these basic
1: skills that you're going to need when you're in the air. Yeah, absolutely. And so I'll say just getting your basic skills right is a big part of it. Cornering, jumping are the two big things that everyone just like, yep, I want to get better at cornering. I want to get better at jumping. You know, there might be some people who is like drops or rock gardens or something, but jumping and cornering is almost everybody. The problem is both of these take almost every single skill that applies to mountain biking, puts them all together at once and makes the timing of each of those skills super important. Now, cornering has a lot less consequences when you do things the wrong way or get your timing wrong or go in at the wrong speed, all of the different things that you can try and see if it works. So I would say just going and riding more will help your jumping. Don't push yourself to jumps thinking that's the only way to get better at jumps. Go and ride more, practice your different techniques, whatever those base skills are bike body separation, some body position, using your brakes even, just to have some confidence on the bike. If you don't feel confident riding down a blue trail, you probably don't have the confidence to fly through the air. And that's not just me talking from a, a coaching safety aspect, it's that you are applying exactly the same skills there's a lot more jumps if you can a lot more corners I mean, then jumps on most trails. So if you just go and practice on the corners, you'll get better at jumps. So an example of that is going and pressing into a corner. Now, when you're doing a jump, you have to press. And a lot of people will say, pull up, pull up, isn't actually part of jumping. So we can go back and simplify all the variables and say, let's start by jumping by on flat ground, rolling along and doing a level lift. So level lift being what I call when you just have both wheels come into the air together and go down together. So if you're trying to do that, there's actually lots of parts involved, but the biggest part is the press. Because if you were to stand on the ground without your bike, feet flat on the ground, and just jump You know, you have to be pushing against the ground, but if you can really weight down, force hard into the ground and then jump, all of that force that you're putting into the ground, the ground's putting back into you and you're able to use that to get yourself to go up. Plus, if you can get a bit lower before you push up, you're starting to set the momentum of your body weight. And so now when you run out of push. The body wants to keep going the direction that it was going which is up and so yeah. this press down really lets you have a base to launch off
0: yeah this is like the classic biomechanics problem is uh, with the way the muscles work is that um you say you squat and you hold it steady and then you explode and jump up without moving down you can't jump as high usually and cyclists are generally the exception you can't jump as high as when you do a counter movement jump which is when you're standing straight up and you drop down as quickly as you can and then jump up uh immediately so generally you're jumping higher because you're storing and releasing this elastic energy yep. so is it's pretty similar when you're
1: exactly that same thing and okay. this is why I say we can practice this on corners because if we were to move our body weight down and push up again all of our weight. So everything we talk about in mountain biking is about getting our head and torso down the trail, over the jump, off a drop. The rest of the bike body system, the arms, the legs, the bike, weigh almost nothing, can move around a whole lot, and it doesn't make as big of a difference as what your head and torso are doing. Partly because they're the heavy part, and so that mass is going to just want to keep going in the direction it's going. And partly because if we start rattling our head around, it doesn't like that and it will do things to try and protect itself, like move back away from the thing that it thinks is causing the problem, shifting our body balance, uh, making us unstable. Uh, It will also tense up, stiffen our arms and our legs, which then connects us with the bike again, which connects us to the trail and makes things even rougher. Mm. Now we can't brake. Now we get bounced around even more, which makes us tense up even more. So what we're trying to do is get our head and torso down the trail. If we can use the movement of all of this weight to move down and then accelerate up, that change in direction is going to create more force down into the trail than if we were to just push the bike. So this same thing of how we can jump higher, because we've got more forces happening. Means we can now create traction because this more force we're creating into the ground is how traction works. If those tyres are really dug in, if we've got those side knobs in around a corner and we're able to just add more force, more traction. And so as we're going around a corner, this works on berms, works really well on flat corners. If we can do a press with a bit of body movement, dig those side knobs in, we at that point have created traction. We can turn better. Now for jumping, this is really good because we're able to practice the confidence and commitment to make that happen at an exact time. So if you pick a corner, uh, it's easiest to start on a berm because it's got the support there for you, especially if you've got a berm that has a nice, steep, smooth, grippy section right in the middle that you can say, that is where I'm gonna make the turn happen. And so instead of being a passenger and just pointing the bike around the berm, letting it just go where the trail takes you, pick that point in the middle, mark it, get a cone out if you have to. Sorry, woofiest dog ever. (laughs) And so if we can commit to making this press happen, we can practice that on every single corner. And now we have this confidence and commitment to press at an exact time. Right. That's
0: interesting because when you mentioned press, the first thing that I saw in my mind, because I see this as a basic jumping thing that you need to do is be able to bunny hop. But it sounds like that's not
1: that's not what you're saying. No, so bunny hopping is a great addition. If you can bunny hop, you'll be able to jump more easily in terms of make a little jump bigger, like give you more air off a little jump. And it also gives you exposure to what the feeling is of the front wheel coming up and then the back wheel. So for a bunny hop, I would say is, yeah, instead of a level lift, both wheels come up together. Now front wheel comes up and then you bring the back wheel up to the front wheel and they both land together. And so, yes, you want to get good at bunny hops, but no, if we can make this controlled press movement happen, we then use the ramp of the jump to put us into the air, not necessarily forcing front wheel then rear wheel got it okay so let me let's jump back yeah we go to what is a jump because as we're talking there's so many different things that help us jump so we're talking about okay we've got this commitment uh we can press we can bunny hop we've got to get some bike body separation happening but when and where over a jump is dictated by what is the part of the jump that you're on and also, what is the shape and size of each part of that jump? So when you're looking at a jump, you've got to consider the run in and the run out. While they're not actually part of the jump, if you were to take, let's say you've got a, a gap jump, one metre high take off, one metre gap, one metre high landing. So, what's that? Three feet by three feet. Ish. Yeah. Ish. yeah, 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 Course yeah. Not might be able to look at that and go, sweet, I can do that, when it's just in an open area. Gap jumps, great. Put that on a trail, put a corner before it, or a rock garden, or in their run out, some rocks and tight corner. Suddenly, a whole lot less people are willing and able to do this jump. So that's why we need to consider the run in and the run out. However, they're not exactly part of the jump. The jump does, however, start before you get to that takeoff. You'll have a a point of commitment that you've got to know, at this point, I am hitting that jump. Because if you don't, you're no longer able to safely abort. Yeah. So even if it's a tabletop jump that doesn't have the gap, just because of the shape of the jump, you want to get all of your changes of speed, all of your changes of line choice. All of that whether your decision of whether you're committing or not to happen before this point of commitment so you want to know some point in the run in that it's my last chance to change my mind and this helps that confidence and commitment because you can go i'm after that i'm now doing this jump yeah so we say we're in the jump after that point of commitment then we have the transition where we've changed from the trail just going along at ground level it will curve up to the ramp, that is the part pointing up into the air. So the transition is that transitioning of which angle we're riding along at, along the ground or up the ramp. And then at the end of the ramp, we have the lip of the jump, the end of the takeoff. So some jumps will be more lippy and have a sort of pointed up, final, very square edge. Others will have almost no lip, Where they'll roll away, be very soft to ride over. But there's still a point that the ramp ends. That's the lip. Then we have the table or the gap. It's the section you're trying to jump over on a table. You can land on it, regardless of whether that's totally flat or goes down and back up again. It's a point you don't have to gap over. Your wheels can roll through or land on that. We'll call that a table or a gap if there's literally nothing there. Then we have the knuckle, which is the start of our landing. Now it's important to note the knuckle because it's another change of direction, where if you land with front wheel on one side, rear wheel on the other, they're gonna be doing different things. So it's much nicer to land on the down ramp. Yes. Then you have your run out. The anatomy of a jump, every jump is the same. Some jumps might not actually have a knuckle because they're just a huck to flat, but you've still got a point where you're landing on. So, the landing is important. It just might not be a down ramp. Now, the important points to notice is where things change. So, that running where after your point of commitment, you're just rolling on the ground, doesn't matter. Up the ramp also doesn't really matter that much. You're just riding it just happens to be pointing up into the sky but that transition that lip and then the point that you hit the landing things are changing so they're what we need to control so just going through in order of riding coming in we hit the transition now this is where the press comes in so we were talking about the press making forces happen so that you can create some traction so you can jump Off flat ground. When we're actually riding at a jump, those forces aren't about making the airtime happen. They're more about pulling the change of direction that we're riding. Our torso and our head are going basically horizontal, whatever the trajectory, the direction of the trail, sets the trajectory of our mass. But at some point we've got a transition to going in the trajectory of the ramp up into the air. So if we can press into the bike, then we are letting the body separate from the bike as it changes direction. We're now controlling that we've pressed down and now we're moving up into the air, either in the same trajectory as the ramp or slightly upright more if we really press down and are coming up explosive force speed. And so now our momentum is no longer going along the trail it's going up into the air so when the lip happens the bike now has nothing pushing it up into the air it drops over the end of the lip but our mass which is pretty much our head and torso continues the trajectory it's taking the momentum is taking it up into the air so we at no point needed to pull up or jump up to get into the air. So that's a big thing for beginner riders to learn is that you're not trying to make yourself go into the air. You're trying to make yourself ride off the end of the ramp. Basically what you're trying
0: to do is you're trying to make, to press at the right time so that your body carries on in the same angle that the
1: takeoff puts you in. Exactly. Or an angle similar to the takeoff similar you know, right yeah, yeah yeah. as we go over the lip we want to sort of absorb the bike's movement so it can have a, a nice arc that's happening off the end of the lip but our body can have its own nice smooth arc and so if we're trying to really squash a jump and not jump very high we set our trajectory to be less than that of the ramp the bike is going to come up the trajectory of the ramp and we need to absorb the bike up into the body so that it's not going to impact where our body's going
0: oh that's my specialty <laughs>
1: i i can squash any jump and make sure don't <laughs> that's that's how you ride most of a trail is being able to just let the bike do its own thing separately from your body however sometimes we want to launch the jump and the bike's making its arc, but we want to make just even bigger. We want to go higher. So we can really push in, potentially get down low, but mostly just make a good solid force happen and time it right that we are going up when we finish going off the end of the lip. And in this case, the body is going to go up, the bike isn't going to go as high. So this is where you get the feeling of pulling up where you're not making yourself jump by pulling the bike up. It's just if you let the bike continue on its path and your body went on its other path, your arms and legs are going to be stretched out fully to the point that at some point you're having to pull the bike up with you Mm -hmm. or just hang on to the bike is going to be pulling the bike up. So to be nicely in control of what the bike's doing, you pull the bike up into your body so that you're not just dead sailor doing nothing having the bike hang off the bottom yeah right So a big pull will make the bike go higher so it looks like you've jumped higher but your body was already on that path
0: right so i guess if you what you're saying is that if you had let go of your bike at some point and you didn't do a pull what would happen is you'd carry on going up in the sky and uh, the bike would maybe go the tr- the trajectory it was going to go all along
1: exactly and so potentially if you're still both continuing at the same horizontal velocity with same wind resistance applying you might be able to land back on that bike again oh, that's possible <laughs> it's like the trick of all
0: tricks i think i saw some of those at
1: the slope style yesterday <laughs> exactly you can be moving separate from your bike and still end up in the same place majority of riders don't want to be doing that. So you want to pull the bike up into you and then you can start moving it around. You can start doing a tabletop or a, whatever trick you want to do. Start doing a whip because you can now move the bike in rotationally under you. Or maybe what you want to do is jump off and do a Superman. It's okay, You just the bike is moving separately from you. However, you need it to stay attached to you
0: yeah well, yeah because that's the next part isn't it because now suddenly we're in the air we lofted it a little bit higher because we did a pull we got to
1: come down eventually right you've got to hit the ground yeah hopefully it's the bike that touches the ground rubber side uh, down. yeah yeah, yeah. you're attached to the bike so yeah so how do you how do you do that we need to be on the bike but also we need to be using I'd say our landing gear so that when we land again we want to be able to extend out our arms and our legs, put the bike on the landing front and rear wheel at the same time, ideally, and then compress in through our arms and our legs, letting them be part of the suspension so that our head is having a nice smooth arc that it's following on the landing. Now, part of this is staying on the bike or attached to the bike the whole time. Okay. At some point you might want to do some slope style tricks, jump off. But when you get back on the bike, you want to be attached to it. Now, I'm pretty sure we'd mentioned this in a previous episode, the idea of wedging ourselves onto the bike. So especially if we've got flat pedals, which if you're hitting big jumps, you probably do. But at the same time, if you're racing, you're just going to be riding whatever you've got. And everyone out there just on a standard trail ride is going to be riding whatever they've got. So you might have clips, but you don't want to trust them to be holding you to the bike. You want to make yourself stay on the bike. So we talked about, we have a, a full body can wedge itself into the bike. Our palms pushing forward on the grips and our feet with our toes pointed down, pushing the pedals backwards. So we're wedged in there. So this is something you can practice while you're doing those level lifts or bunny hops, or just on the ground doing a rear wheel lift. How you scoop with the pedals by pointing your toes down and pushing against the handlebars to hold yourself to the bike. Critical part of flying through the air. Yeah, Because I now think... we don't have our weight pushing us down into the bike that's being stopped by the ground to just hold us on the bike.
0: Yeah, you did a good job explaining this when we, when we did the flat pedals episode, I think, where you ah, talked yes, about picking up a cup and putting your fingers in the cup and doing it that way. So if, if you want to learn more about that one, go check out that episode. That was one, that
1: was an earlier episode. It was a good one. Yeah. And also I think it even if you're riding clipless, still applies. You want to make sure you're using the forces you can to be in control.
0: Cool. So like obviously the it if you have your arms extended and your legs extended when you're about to hit the landing, that's good because then you can absorb that impact right instead of the impact going straight through and not like shaking your head and then exactly. just again because what
1: our bike and arms and legs are doing is nowhere near as important as what our head and torso is doing. yeah so we can use the bike and the arms and the legs to soften the landing for our head.
0: I mean that sounds to me like a way to master jumps.
1: indeed is it as easy as that it is as easy as that however if you're starting from scratch or even if you just you've got bad habits uh the main one is leaning back oh the amount of people that lean back because they're trying to fight this experience they've had of being bucked forward and so come up to a jump you know that well the back's going to come up and push me forward i want to stop that so i shift backwards problem with this is Okay, if you're riding up to a jump and your weight's too far forward and you go over that lip, you're gonna roll forward with the bike and land front heavy. Now, if you're too far back and your body weight's off the back of the bike as you go over the lip, it's gonna press in the rear suspension, which is your legs, the tires, even if it's a hardtail. And as you go over the lip, the front's gonna drop, and then the rear is gonna get catapulted and you're mm. gonna go really over the bars. Mm. So it comes back to centered body position the whole time. So if you're trying to practice getting rid of bad habits and keeping yourself centered, or you're just learning for the first time, doing all of these steps together is a lot to handle. So I'd say break it down, try one thing at a time, but in the reverse order. We've got the landing, the lip, and the transition to control, but we don't want to get used to Handling the transition and launching into the air before we know how to handle the lip and the landing. So start with the landing, perfect that, then the lip, perfect that. And at this point, okay, you might be getting a little bit of air, but not much is happening. Your wheels might even still be on the ground. But then add in transition because the landing is the most important part of jumping. Anyone can ride over a jump. Hey, anyone can go fast and pull up. Does definitely not mean you're gonna land how you want. So start building up good habits, good technique and good commitment from the landing backwards. So yeah, this idea of how to jump is learn how to land. So get the landing gear out, let the uh, arms and legs soften your landing. So you can do that even when you're not airborne. You can still think about getting the body down the landing smoothly roll over a tabletop
0: could you do this
1: just like um trying to land by pulling up off a curb kind of thing curbs are fantastic because if you've got one right in front of your house you can go and do 10 minutes of practice every day and yes also this feeling of getting both wheels on the ground at the same time Mm. so being centered as you land having this feeling of okay i am totally balanced between the front and rear tire I'd land and then I don't have to think about anything off a curb off if you just have a bump of dirt in the park down the street great if you have a piece of wood on a brick same thing you can still practice the landing before the jump and then going down a trail there's a little roller instead of thinking about oh I can jump off that think about getting the bike on the backside down the landing, how that feels. Don't need big jumps. They're actually the worst thing to build habits on because body and mind are going to want to keep doing the safe thing. So this kind of explains why when
0: you went out for the jump clinic, you spent the first two and a half hours just focusing on the basics before
1: you even got wheels off the ground
0: because it's really important to be able to
1: nail that. Yeah, exactly. Those basics are what apply. So every step of the way for two and a half hours of doing the basics, we can point out how exactly where this applies during a jump. And then when during the jump and trying to explain to the clients what they're trying to do, if you're out there stuck on something, I can say, but remember back, we did this drill with some cones where we were pressing, where we did a corner around a berm where we were committing to some point and then changing our line we were on. Think back to that. Whatever you were doing, however that felt, do that on the jump. Mm. You know, it's
0: interesting because mountain biking's like super complex. There's so many, so many things happening, so many variables, so many things that you have to do. But actually, if you break it down, what mountain biking is, is doing a lot of really, really simple things. Either together or sequentially or very close to each other or at the same time. And that's all mountain biking is. So, without a good grasp of the basics, it's really hard to do the really complex things right. And this comes, this happens at every level because we had Brake Ace on a pro rider's bike recently and we looked at this rider's braking and it was almost all rear brake, which came as a big surprise to everyone. And we kind of talked about it like, well, maybe we just need to get you more confident in using your front brake, right? So what happens when you use your front brake? How quickly can you stop? how how does your your weight transfer happen how does that feel to you and uh, it was really eye-opening for me to see that riders at every level can also go back to the basics and still really benefit from going back to basics to to improve even their skills Even their skills are a million times better than ours but if there's one kind of missing link for the basics it kind of affects everything else which is
1: really interesting which is also the trick with being a coach The best coaches don't have to be the best riders because every coach just has to understand the basics. The tricky part is identifying which of those basic skills the rider needs help with, which they can best work on. Now, again, that's where the brake case helps that someone just goes for a ride. The coach doesn't even have to see them riding. The brake case tells you, hey, this section of trail, they were doing some funky things with their brakes that really were suboptimal. Let's go and have a look and go, oh, look, it's, yeah, a steep rocky chute or it's jumps or it's, you know, just a a loose corner. I'm like, okay, now the coach's job is easier because you just go back to then applying those base skills. Yeah.
0: So those basics in that specific scenario, because that is the rider's weakness. And then those carry on effects
1: affect the rest of the riders riding as well. So so I'd say I try not to use the term basic skills. Yeah, doesn't sound good, does it? Base skills. Okay. Because there's only a handful of base skills that you need to be able to get good enough to be a really good rider. But those base skills you can never perfect. The idea of you know leaning the bike under the body, the idea of scanning down the trail, not just staring right in front of where you're looking. There's a bunch of these that you can just always get better at and get better at applying on different terrain at different speeds, different levels of grip, different bikes, different tires, you know, things change and you should still be able to apply those same base skills. And that's jumping. Don't think of jumping as a one-off, that's a skill. It's the same with cornering. Cornering is something you want to apply a lot of separate individual skills to make happen cool well, that's pretty good it's good but sorry there's no shortcut no shortcut it
0: is work on all of the base skills yeah yeah cool do, do you find that um, I guess this is where those base skills clinics really come in handy as well because you can have someone that kind of work with you to identify like which is your weakness which ones do you need to improve on before you then move on to like actually learning how to jump
1: Absolutely. And even if it's a private skills clinic with someone who's been writing for years, we'll never jump to the thing that they've said they need help with. It's we'll go through a base selection of skills, see how they're going, explain the why that they are important, because that's what a lot of people are missing and therefore makes them struggle to apply it later when things get hectic and fast and Mm. rough, because it doesn't feel like there's a why for that base skill. And so, yeah, everyone to learn anything, practice those base skills. And the good thing is, most of them you can do in your driveway. Perfect. Sounds good. I think I'll go try some of these now. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, it's probably raining over there, isn't it? So...
0: Actually, it just stopped, so <laughs> I might still be able to sneak out for a ride quick. But uh, yeah, no, I think that's pretty good uh, explanation for how to get started with you know mastering jumps and. Go back to yep. the basics, try these things, focus on the different parts of the jumps. And you can Re-listen hop over that crack in
1: your driveway. <laughs> that's As those 12 year old kids planning all day, hopping over that, that one little line, they've got it right. Perfect, thanks for that, Ron. Okay, cheers, enjoy. See ya.